Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's It's the the Arner Adventures Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Shannon. And I'm Jerry. Betty White is hanging with us and we are here with episode 14 of the Arner Adventures podcast. We are so excited for today's episode. Did you know that March is Women's History Month? Well, yes, I did know that March was Women's History Month as a dutiful husband. I am aware of these things. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> great. You are quite the feminist, so it does not surprise me that you know. Well, today's episode is a spark in our lives episode where we have a guest who has been a spark in our lives. And today's guest is a true spark in our lives, of course. She's actually a spark in a lot of people's lives. And with it being Women's History Month, she's done a ton for women. She's a light in my life. And just a huge support for a lot of people, not just women. But before we get to the guest, let's get to the review of the week. This one comes from Coastal Image. You want to, you want to read it? (laughs) Okay. I'll do, I'll do the honors. Okay. Okay. Authentic when that doesn't seem to exist. This couple keeps it real and so do their guests. This podcast has been consistent since day one, just like I had hoped they would be. Cheers to a great success so far and many more great episodes ahead. Highly recommend. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty nice. That is nice. Very nice. Coastal Image. I wonder if Coastal is the first name and Image is the last name because that's a pretty cool name. That's a really cool name and it does appear to be that. Or I wonder if Coastal Image is a business. I wonder if Coastal Image is here on our coast or is maybe a different countries coast i don't know but coastal image dm us or somewhere in the heartland of our country and just <laughs> ironically they went with coastal yeah coastal image i'm trying to get in touch with you because we would love to give you a sugar wish if you'd love to be our review of the week and get the chance to receive a gift from sugar wish please take a moment and give us a five-star rating or review we have an easy link for you all to follow it's lovethepodcast.com slash arner adventures but Per usual, we will link it for you in the show notes. It really helps us so much to support us in that way and keeps us moving right along, consistent, motivated, just like Coastal Image said. So thank you again. Well, let's go ahead and get to our guest today, shall we? Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you, I was out of town when this was recorded, so Jerry couldn't be with me for the interview. So this time I was the one on an adventure But it did not stop me because I, of course, wanted to accommodate this guest and her schedule. Jerry, you always help me prepare for these. We're together in spirit for these interviews, of course. Oh, we sure are. And um, you do come up a few times in the interview, but we won't spoil it. Should we just get to it? We should just get right to it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I am so honored to welcome our guest today. She puts so many good vibes out into the world. All that she does for women, all that she does for everyone, lifting them up. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in a funk, maybe not wanting to get started with my day, and I'll randomly receive just the right message in my DM from her with exactly what I need to hear, sending me in the right direction to put me in a higher place. With March being Women's History Month, I just could not think of anyone 
to lift us up, to recognize for all that she does, especially in contemporary society, but especially for women. Our guest today is Latoy Store, also known as Toy. But let me tell you about Toy. Toy is a lifestyle blogger, podcaster, and content creator. Her other responsibilities include being a wife and a mother of three. As a content creator, her stance has always been to talk about mental health, which of course resonates with us. When she started her blog seven years ago, it was after her therapist encouraged her to tell her story and write, as this was her passion. Since then, she has gone on to speak at conferences. She's a She Media partner. Through She Media and Blog, her conferences is how we connected, and I'm so thankful that we did. Her goals will remain to uplift, encourage, and help other women with her storytelling. She is dedicated to telling the stories, even when things don't look glamorous. In her spare time, you can find her walking the aisles of Target with no shame or at a coffee shop, making sure she is getting her self-care time. Toy, thank you so much for taking some of that self-care time with us. We are so appreciative that you're here. Well, thank you absolutely for having me. I'm excited. You are, you live in Philadelphia, right? I do. Mm -hmm. And are you there currently? I am here currently. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have no vacations yet set up. I'm working on that. So yeah, but I, I'm in Philadelphia, you know, Philly and um, with my husband and them, those three babies. Are well, you not babies? They're not babies. But. How old are your kids? 12, 10 and eight. Okay. So girl, are, you, are you from Philly originally? Nope. So I actually was born in Youngstown, Ohio. And my mother left Youngstown, Ohio to go to Los Angeles and from Los Angeles to Virginia, where she met my stepfather and my stepfather was in the military. So we moved around a lot. And the longest place that we stayed was in Lancaster, which is uh, two hours from Philly. And that's where the majority and when I say the majority, I mean, my parents, my twin sister, my brother, their kids, my grandparents, most of them live there or they're in South Carolina or other places. But that's how um, my family is where they're at. And then I went to Penn State University. That's okay. how I met my husband, who was born and raised in Philly. So, of course, it was natural for me to then be here in Philly to start our family here. OK. And so you've been in Philly how long now? 11 years. Oh, OK. OK. So does that I guess you are considered a Philly? I consider Philly, yes. Yeah. So my husband said that once <laughs> I, listen, so this was the joke. As long as once I hit 10, then I can call myself a Philly John. Um, and okay. so now it's 11. So I'm like solidified. So You're now okay. Philly is home. Um, Lancaster is always my second home. And then wherever my feet goes, that's where I am. Okay. Oh, you got your official papers. My official papers, according to my Philadelphia born husband, is that I have now can call Philadelphia mine. And gotcha. how that works. Okay. We love my, my husband is from uh, outside of well, when he was younger, his family um, are all from uh, Pennsylvania outside of Philly. And so when he was smaller, he lived there and then moved to North Carolina when he was younger. But we love Philly. I, we haven't been back since. The pandemic hit and all of that, but oh, I love it so much. I yeah, love and I'm, it. I am waiting for. Well, now that the world is sort of kind of opening, I am so excited to get my travel shoes back on. Yeah, um, because I just love taking trips, whether that's a road trip. I love flying. Like I cannot yeah. wait. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Well, I want to jump right in, especially since you're an OG in the blogger world. Especially <laughs> you know, seven years. I mean, that's that's considered an OG in the. Okay, in the world. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I love your backstory and how you got started. Um, it sounds like from only from what I know, which we'll get into, is that it was a healing journey of you getting mm -hmm. started in your in your blog. So I want to talk about um, if you're open to it, how how it was in that sense of when you started your blog, your your therapist recommended that you start writing. Mm -hmm. Um did he or she say, uh, suggest the blog or what was the point of you saying, okay, I'm, not only am I going to start writing, but I'm going to start a blog. And with that, you know, with a blog, it is, uh, uh, you know, the, as we were saying before we started the podcast, the, the streets of the internet, you're putting things on the streets of the internet. So uh, that is, that's a vulnerable spot. Mm -hmm. So what, what made you say, okay, I'm going to not only start writing, 
but it is an it is like opening your journal to the streets of the internet. So right. what was that process like and how did you make that decision? So in the streets of the internet, and I'm going to continuously say that because that's what it I is. Um, I started, so my therapist, she was like, you know, there has to be some type of other passions. I was dealing with postpartum depression. And so I did everything that the, the textbook said. I went to my, you know, family and friends, the people in my, in my unit. And I was like, Hey, I'm going through this. And I kept hearing people say, go take a nap when the baby is sleeping. You're okay. Whatever. It's fine. You know? And it was, I was really struggling. Like when I say struggling, if you, anyone has ever dealt with postpartum depression, depending on how extreme or how low it may be, it's like seeing yourself about to have a reaction to the littlest or the biggest of things, telling yourself not to have that reaction, but then having that reaction. I tell this story all the time because I know there's women that are listening that need to hear this. You know, I was caring for this, these, this baby, you know, I had a toddler and I had this young, my, my newborn son, two babies at one time, basically. And I'm doing all the things I'm changing the diapers. I'm getting, you know, the bottles, I'm doing all the things that every mother knows to do. But there was a point in time where I was losing me. So I didn't, I wasn't taking care of myself. I, I wasn't taking care of my parents. I just was just existing. And all of these different responsibilities were too much. And I didn't have this outlet to say, can somebody please help me? Hmm. You know, especially in the black community, we're taught to withhold information. Don't tell people your business. Um, so the thought of me even going to therapy was suggested by a friend who was like, I can't imagine what you're going through, but I'm maybe you should think about therapy. And I was like, girl, now you know, we don't do therapy. And, and that's exactly what I said. However, mm -hmm. The very first meeting at my therapist, I sat in that office crying like a huge baby because it was a weight lifted off my shoulder because it was the first time that I was being seen and I was being heard. And we hear stories about how our partners, you know, are, you know, they're helping, they're so helpful and they're doing these things. My partner at the time, my husband was not as helpful. He just didn't understand it. It, it was something that was very new to both of us. And that release and crying was just one of those moments. Like I can even feel it now. Like it was just, it was just like that thought when you finally are heard, yeah. I'm trying not to get these thug tears crying today, oh. but when you finally are heard and you're finally seen after yeah. your mind has, you know, basically said that, you know, you're something is wrong and you're not going to get it right. Or you're not going to be a good mom or you're not going to be a good woman. And I had too many things happening at one time. And so my therapist, after a while, it took a long time. Like, I'm not going to act as if I went to therapy and then I cried that cry. And then I went home and everything was great because it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It was a process. Um, I had to be on medication for a certain amount of time, which was another thing that I was taught not to do. And um, after a while, it, this was maybe I, I might have been in therapy for that particular situation for maybe six months because, you know, people tell you that postpartum is like, you know, a couple of weeks after the baby is born. I went through postpartum for almost a full year of trying to gather my thoughts and regulate my emotions. It was a lot. Yeah. My therapist says, well, you know, you've been talking about this love of writing, you know, you should consider a blog. And at the time I was like, Hmm, what's a blogger? What, what is this? So I didn't even realize that the things that I was reading, I was reading things from other bloggers, not realizing that this was a profession, that there were people out here professionally writing and doing this as a living and it was never my um, intention in the beginning to do that. It was just my intention of using it, like my therapist said, as a way of me combining my love of writing with this thing that didn't have to, it didn't, it wasn't associated with me being a mom. It was something that was my own. So it didn't matter my title. It didn't matter my responsibilities. It was something that was exclusively mine. Right. So did you feel like when you first started, were you completely... 100% authentic? Were you censoring your feelings? How was that? Oh, no, 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 no. I, um, <laughs> I, censoring my feelings was just one of those things that I just refused to do. I felt like I had done that so long, censoring myself to fit everybody's mold that I was very clear on not. So that's why when, when you've read the, the introduction, when I say like, I'll talk about those times, like you can go read beautiful things about the things I've done. And, you know, I go around, out and about in Philadelphia and things like that. Those are beautiful parts, but I'm still writing about the times when yeah. 
the struggle is real where I'm sitting in my house or I'm sitting in a car crying and trying yeah. to gather myself because I got to come back in the house and act like things are not okay. Um, or that things are okay when they're not like, I will write about that because it's in that, that there's another woman or another person that is reading my blog that needs that. They need to be able to see themselves instead of seeing the after effects, after the medication is, you know, done its job after, you know, you've done all the self-care and you're okay. There are those moments even still where these are real feelings. This is, this is real. So I try my best to never really censor, um, myself and tell it like it is because I feel like people gravitate to that and people need to see that you know yeah. we go on social media and people realize that social media is literally just a drop of a dime of the real life that's happening yeah. but I've posted plenty of times like I'll go back and show a picture of me holding my son or my daughter or daughters or something and I'll say this is a great picture but now let me tell you what happened behind yeah, us I've seen that I've struggled that day because right before that picture was taken I was in the bathroom crying mm-hmm. or right before that picture was taking, I was having an argument with my husband and it was, and it's not because I'm trying to throw myself underneath the internet street bus, but <laughs> I feel like that is the part where people really need to, they can see themselves. Yeah. I didn't have that. So I don't, and that's the reason why when it comes to motivating people or telling people, you know, that they can get through it is because I didn't have that. So I always want to be that. Like I never want someone to encounter me and say, Ooh, you know, she gave me these, these bad vibes or she was acting weird or acting strange because I know what it feels like to have that happen to you. And especially when you're in the midst of a mental health issue or yeah. you're in the midst of a trauma, or if you're in the midst of just having one of those bad days, which we are all entitled to, that's the last thing I want to project into this world. Right, right. So when you when you started, and and I'm I'm gonna move on from the beginning in a second. I'm just so I'm so curious because I I know that when we you know when we started our blog, it was it was of course from a healing place, and and it was also, um you know to sort of let ours came off of when um we you know sold our house and our business and all this stuff, and we were I say it all the time, and I don't use the word um you know, crazy train and a, a negative sense or trying to make fun of anything. But I really do think people thought we were on the rails of a crazy train. They were like, what their, their life is about to implode. Let's watch it. I mean, I really think they were wondering what is going on with them, but we started the blog um, as a way of people wanting to keep up with us and what was going on with them. But we really started the blog from healing. And I remember putting blogs out there and just pouring everything out. And then later going, I cannot believe I just said all of that. And I wonder if I should delete it. And and not I didn't delete it, but I remember that those vulnerable feelings of thinking, ugh, like at first just feeling kind of yucky, but then also kind of freeing. And so I just wonder in your situation, was it did did you feel good? What was what was the feeling like when you would blog? Was it did, was it a freeing feeling for you? It definitely was freeing, but I will say I never felt the need to delete it. I will say that I had a lot of people very angry. So let me just say I never, I never in my entire time of blogging have ever dropped names, have ever threw anybody underneath the bus. Even the times when I've talked about the 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 times where my husband wasn't you know understanding. He, he and I will have that conversation and he'll say, you know, and he's been very supportive. Like that, that was your truth. Like tell, tell that, like, even, even though that made made to others think that he was looking at in a bad light, but I will say like my family, they were like, I can't believe you told someone that I can't believe you would share your story about having a hysterectomy and the things that you went through behind the background scenes. And I'm like, when I was going through the hysterectomy, I actually went at that time. I was well seasoned blogger and I went into the blogging world to see if anybody else was talking about that because I needed advice about what to expect yeah. and I couldn't find it. So then I started writing about my experience because I needed other people to when they were had their situation, they could go and look for it. So I've had many people say, I don't think I would have told that or Ooh, oh. that was a lot of information. Like you really went into detail about that. And my response is the same. I'm doing this because it's bigger than me. This has nothing to do with whether or not I, and I will use me. Listen, I will use me every day of the week and run me into the ground on these internet streets because I can take it. But it doesn't, 
make sense to me to say that I'm a blogger for the people and then give people like the bare bone minimum. Yeah. Um, and so there, I, I've never had a, a point where I wanted to delete, but I have had, you know, adversity where people were like, why are you sharing that? That's a lot. But in the midst of people asking or saying those types of things, and I'm talking about people who were show enough close to me, like show enough close to me have said that. Um, I haven't stopped it and I'm not going to, um, because in the midst of having that, there are women that will email me or DM me or whatever yeah. and say, you know, nobody was talking about that. I needed to hear that. So yeah. that just balances it out. So yeah, I will, oh. over, I will share the details. Like I will share them. You know what I love about water? Well, other than living by it. Well, there are a million things to love about water. The sea life, the healing properties, part of the Earth's okay, atmosphere. Okay, all that, but I love drinking water. Well, of course, but did you know that humans can only live a few days without water? Yes, yet so many people live a dehydrated lifestyle. Well, Liquid IV makes it super easy to stay hydrated. Hey, folks, Liquid IV isn't scary. There aren't any IVs involved. No, Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder form, an electrolyte mix that you just add to your water. It delivers two to two and a half more hydration than water alone. They have all kinds of flavors you can choose from, and they have some with energy multiplier and immune support. Also benefit, they are non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. If you're someone who either has trouble getting your water in or maybe just wants to get in the express lane with your hydration, you should definitely try Liquid IV. For our listeners, if you go to their website, liquid-iv.com, and use code ARNERADVENTURES, you can save 25% off of your order and get free shipping. That's awesome. We'll link it in the show notes, too. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. It warms my heart so much. <laughs> yeah, I get it all the time. Like, I mean, it just, it goes with the, the territory. I feel like when you're a blogger, like I'm not a fashion blogger, so I'm not critiquing the dresses that are on the runway. I'm not, right. I'm not a full-time food blogger, even though I do talk about food. So I, it's, it's different when you're coming from that perspective, but when you're putting yourself out there, you have to understand, you got to come, you got to come with, with five seconds level of thick skin and still yeah. be human to the point where you're not going to get people understanding the process. They don't understand why you're saying that. They don't understand, you know, why you're doing that. But it's interesting. The same people who said something to me, they're like, oh, I want to have a business where I'm helping other people. And I'm like, you can't help people. You're never going to be able to help anybody if you can't talk about yourself. Right. I cannot tell you that I struggled in an area instead of just coming to you when the struggle was over. You're not going to be able to help somebody because people that are that are in need of help, they're in the struggle. They're not in the part where everything is glamorous, because if that was the case, there's nobody to help. It's that whole authentic word. It's like authentic doesn't even on the Internet mean authentic anymore. It's like it's a curated authentic. And it's like, yeah, no, people, let's be authentic. You know what people think authentic is on the Internet now? They think that as long as you have one of those pastel -y, uh, you know, you know, posts that look really airy and beautiful. That's what they consider authentic. Authentic to me is being true to yourself and being honest for where you are. And for me, I said this all the time, where I'm at may not always look glamorous. Where I'm at may not always fit this mold of beautiful pictures on the internet. It's yeah. just not because that's not necessarily how life goes. Right. And so, yes, I may show those things because, yes, that's what I show. But I'm the type of person that will go right back and be like, and let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you what happened, because it's those moments where people are. That's where people are. If you want to be authentic and you can't be real and you can't tell when you've messed it up and you've blown it 20 million times. Yeah. Then you're not being really real. So this leads me to you being uh, you're known as the self-care queen. Uh -huh. And in this, in this day of people leaning more into social media and leaning more into being available all the time, how do you put boundaries on yourself as a content creator and, and being more available on, on limiting yourself to social media? Like, how do you handle that as a content creator and not burning out? So a lot of times... I will have one day a week where I am curating content. So 
I may change out of many outfits, but I am sitting down thinking, what is the things that I want to talk about that resonate with what I'm dealing with or mental health care or self-care? And I will sit down and I'll make a day where I try to curate as much content as possible. Um, I will set posts in my, like I have a calendar that I have set and I will make sure that those posts, you know, happen on those days. But I am honestly, when I just dealt with burnout literally this week, where even though I have those things set into place, I was having moments where I was sitting at my laptop and just looking at it. And you know what I decided to do in those moments of quote unquote burnout is to burn myself away from that laptop and literally go take a nap. I will get up. I just decided to get up and take a nap and enjoy the fact that I don't have to be on all the time. My content was already prepared and ready. And so I don't have to feel like I'm on go 24 seven. If I'm sitting at my laptop and something's not coming, it's because it's not supposed to. And giving myself permission to say, I never forced any blog. So if I sit at my laptop and something doesn't come, I just get up and walk away. To somebody that's starting out may feel like this pressure, this pressure to be on and this pressure to produce and this pressure to type and this pressure to do it. I've learned now that that never worked. It never worked for me at any point. So now I just continue to remind myself of those lessons I learned in the beginning is that I'm not forcing any blog to come to me. I'm not forcing content to come. Um, And those moments where it's being forced, it's just a reminder, that little knock on the door that says, go take a nap, go get some coffee, go read a book, go enjoy a magazine, go take a walk, go do something that's exclusively for yourself and stop feeling guilty. You know, that guilt that we put on ourselves. I just say, listen, that was just my season of, of rest. Yeah. I've had a lot of rest moments this week where I've relaxed and I watched mindless TV or I read a, like I just finished this book that I would not have had a lot of time to do, but I finished the book and I'm like, that makes me happy. That is really what the form of self-care is. It is recognizing that you need something and then giving yourself permission to give it. It's not just in getting your nails done. It's not just in going to the spa. It's not just taking a bubble bath. It's literally recognizing every single day that I need this time to rejuvenate. I need this time to rest. And I don't think we do enough of that because now self-care is a trigger word. Everybody's talking about self-care. Now it's acceptable to talk about mental health care because when I was talking about it almost seven years ago, it was looked down on like, why is she talking? We don't talk about that. So now that they have these trigger words into into the internet streets, a lot of people are jumping on board. I don't mind sharing products that I feel are self-care aware because I do use them and I never share anything that I don't use. Right. But in the same token, people also need to be reminded some basic things at home that they can do without a product, something that they can do that doesn't require for them to go out and spend money that they may not necessarily have. Like self-care is something that you can do right in your comforts of your home. Again, I said a 45 minute um, nap. Do you know how rejuvenate I felt after taking that 45 minute nap and then not feeling guilty because I had to take a 45 minute nap? Right. Well, you answered my next question. So I'm glad that you answered. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some of your best self-care practices, which is, it sounds like a nap is probably the best one. And I love that. um, And you may have answered it, but I am going to ask this next question is that do you set yourself on um, a daily work routine? But it sounds like you sort of go with the flow of what you're feeling is best for you in your season. So do you, do you get up and have a timed routine with work or no? I don't, not with work. Now in the morning, I do have a routine where I try to get up before everyone in my house. I try to give myself that calm down of 10 minutes before the family gets up because, you know, uh-huh. in a house with three kids, it's literally bonkers in here. Sure. Um, there's somebody fighting over a bathroom or something like that. So I do give myself that that time to get up. Um, I enjoy my coffee or tea in the morning. Um, I listen to podcasts in the morning um, yeah. because that is what gets my mind flowing and my thought, you know, thought process going. The only requirement that I do before I work is that my area that I work in just has to be right. Um, I'm very organized and I've gone away from the whole type A personality, but when it comes to my workspace, my workspace needs to be organized because it's in the organized that I can sit my laptop down and then start the process of doing that. But there's days when I'm like, oh, well, today's work area is going to be at the coffee shop. So I just go there, you know what I mean? So I don't have a set when it comes to work, but when in the morning time, making my bed, I'm in the morning having my tea or coffee, getting up before the family does just to have that 
that mental moment of trying to figure out what it is that I want to do. And um, also at night, preparing my house. There are certain things that I can do to help. For instance, making sure that I clean up the living room and put things away, making sure the kitchen is clean. Because when I come downstairs and I'm putting out the vitamins and things for the kids, I don't want to have to also be worrying about if the kitchen is clean too, or yeah. you know, there's a bunch of shoes that the kids have decided to just kick off in the streets of these uh, of my house and just throw all over the place. So you know, trying to prepare that. But that's about it. When it comes to the actual work, some days I listen to a podcast while I'm working. Some days I'm listening to music and grooving. Um, some days I sit in silence and just do what I need to do. And it yeah. just depends. I'm I'm very similar in that I have to have things in order before I can I can create or I can work or anything. I love that instead of you saying your routine for work, you had your routine of you first. I love that you just said that. That's yeah, great. I mean, work is going to happen. Like we have deadlines, right? Like yeah. <laughs> There are deadlines. So even if I wanted to, you know, pity pat to the last second, which I never do, because that creates another level of anxiety yeah, for me. Yeah. But even if I chose to do that, like I have to take care of me. And so I've gotten used to doing that because how many years did I go without doing that? Right. How yeah. many years was I team, team mom, team wife, and I got to make sure my family's okay. And then I'm sitting there struggling. So I take care of me and me taking care of me helps me to make sure that they're good. So when they wake up and they're arguing about who's in the bathroom, carry on, argue it up. I tell people in my house, I have nets. There ain't going to be no fighting in here. So, you know, but I can say that with a clear mind because I've gotten myself together in preparation that I know that that's what's going to happen. Right. So it's Women's History Month mm -hmm. and you're the best at lifting women up. And you can always, of course, anybody can go to your feed and look for inspiration or your blog. And I'm going to, of course, speak from, you know, personally, uh, really quickly before I get to the question that um, when I am emotionally or mentally drained, not in a great place in my personal sphere, I'm not talking about on the Internet or anything like that. If someone uh, needs something emotionally for me, need some support. And I'm not in a great place. Um, I do try to get it together and of course provide support. And, but sometimes I think to myself, I am not strong enough right now. I, I am not strong enough. How am I going to get it together to provide the support that this person needs when I don't feel like I'm even strong enough to do it? So then I'm thinking about, um, I know that there are times when um, talking about being a content creator that, you know, you have these schedules and mm -hmm. um, whether it's for a brand, whether it is a schedule you already had for things that you need to, you know, that it's a theme or whatever you need to put out there or whatever. And I know we're we, same with you that we are hundred percent authentic. And I know that there are, there are times when I'm like, okay, I know I need to put something out about this and I will put, you know what? I, um, these are trying times and I don't feel like I need to be putting content out like right about this right now. And I'll put that in the caption that whatever the situation is, mm -hmm. so I'm getting somewhere by the way. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm, if I'm trying really hard to be positive on the outside and I know that there's some good and bad in that it's not really authentic. And, and I, I, you know, it's kind of like a fake it till you make it. Do I, do I stay really positive until it kind of starts showing through and then it kind of comes out or whatever? I guess what I'm trying to say is I know you're so inspirational and I know you put the authentic out there and yes, you put all you, you will put it out there when it, when it's not so great and it's not so glamorous, but I do feel like you are so, um, great about lifting people up a lot more than I think most people. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question to you is where do you feel like it comes from? Like, do you think that that is something that has generated over time? Do you think, because I haven't known you this whole time. So do you right. think that it has ramped up? Have you always been like that? Because it takes, it takes a strong person to lift other people up. Right. So do you think that strength has built up or do I you think, think that it's been there the whole time? I think I've always had the initial qualities of that. Um, going to therapy again in the beginning was for postpartum. And then I had to start dealing with some other things. Like I had to deal with some childhood trauma 
and just some other levels of things that I've gone through. So as a kid, I felt like those things kind of were there. It's just always been there. I've, I've heard people say, oh, you know, you can always count on toy. Like, you know, the words like dependable and things like that have been words to describe me. Um, but I think that once I started to get therapy or really deal with me, like the real me and really figure out some things that I was even struggling with, I felt like it amped up because I was able to see things clearly. For instance, you wouldn't even know because it doesn't show that on the, on the internet streets. But at some point I used to be like the complainer. I used to complain about water, complain about shoelaces. Like it would just be, it didn't matter what it was. It would be as small or as big. And I'd be like, well, why we, why she look like that? Why they, why are they doing that? Ooh, this is so stupid. Like just these types of conversations were inside of me. But a lot of that was me dealing with things that I didn't understand or some type of level of trauma that I didn't really tap into. And I feel like in the last, even just like nine years, even before the blog started, I literally started to really challenge myself to deal with that. Instead of looking at it from a perspective of what other people were doing that was making me respond that way, what is it about me that was making me see things in that negative light? And so it took a long time for me to accept that one, as much as we talk about being people being toxic, I too was a toxic person. So I had to literally deal with myself. And instead of me looking out, every time something happens, even now when something happens, instead of me looking at the other person, I'll look and deal with me first. Then it's easy for me to see like, okay, yes, I can call a spade a spade. That person is doing A, B, and C. And so I need to figure this out. But I deal with myself first. And a lot of the content that I put out is because I dealt, those were places in which I dealt with me. If I'm putting out content that's talking about uplifting people, it's because there was a point in time where, again, my support system at the time, the way that I wanted it to be, didn't look the way I needed to look. And so my therapist was like, you have to start doing this. Sometimes it's going to have to come from you. And I had to learn that. And it was it was frightening to me because, you know, we're all taught that we're supposed to help other people. But I was literally in a situation where I felt like I was really by myself and wow. learning how to take care of me when I had to learn how to take care of me, even if nobody was there to help. Meaning if there was not a support system, if my husband was like, I'm not tapping in, if the kids were on another level, I had to learn to float on my own so that when other people come, it becomes an extra bonus, but it's not, I'm not dependent upon other people doing it. And so that's why, again, so many people, when you hear them say, I feel like I'm by myself, I'm alone, I'm alone. You can be alone in a group of people. You can be alone with a crowd of people around you, but it doesn't look the way that you want it to look. And so I had to learn that. So that's why it becomes more natural for me to uplift other people because I know what it's like. If I can lift, listen, you know how people say, if you can lift yourself, if you can lift the weight of yourself, you can lift other people. I think that's true. I mm -hmm. learned to lift the weight of the stuff that I had that was years and years of stuff that was going wrong in my life that I contributed to that I was telling myself that it was other people's problems. Like wow. it was because somebody else did. I'm not negating that the actions of other people didn't like highlight it, but a lot of the things that I was going through wasn't because of other people. It was because of me. Right. Oh, I feel like I'm in a therapy session now. <laughs> therapy. It's a therapy. It comes out. So it comes out. I mean, I know when people yeah. talk to me, they say that all the time, but it's not that I'm trying. It's just the fact that you go so many years of this negativity and this downtrodden and this everything is wrong and every, it's everybody's fault. You get tired of that. Like I got tired of me. <laughs> I got sick yeah. and tired of me and I got tired of me being my biggest um, weight. You know, yeah. about how people, you know, you don't, you know, you don't never have enough resources, but when you're your own blockage, when you're blocking your own blessing, that is the weight of the world that I wish on no one. So that's why I always encourage right. people to check in with them and to, and to continuously always check in with them because sometimes we want to look out when the, really the fingers are pointing into us and telling me like, what do I need to do to get me together? I'm like, you know, there could be an argument, like even with my husband, a lot of times with marriages too, like you're looking at that other person to do something that they're, that you think they're supposed to be doing. And it's like, so what could you do to contribute? Because sometimes I'll do something 
And my husband will just naturally catch the rhythm. Instead of me trying to make him jump to the rhythm, I'll just do it myself and let him jump to that rhythm. Because sometimes we want our mates or the person in our corner to kind of just take on you know, the responsibility of healing us. Like I used to say, oh, you're not there for me. You're not doing enough. And I'm like, what else can he do? Like, is he supposed to physically carry me, carry me? Like at some point I have to learn to lift the weight of myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, Jerry's, Jerry's not here, which we will explain, of course, in the intro of this podcast, why, but, um, and I don't think he would mind that I'm saying this. I don't think we'll see. Um, but I, I know that sometimes I will, if I'm at a low moment, I will say, and, and now that you're saying this, I know that it probably does sound very selfish, but I will say, I need you to be my rock right now. I am struggling. I need you to fix this. Like, I need you to fix this. And it's probably pretty selfish of me to expect him to fix it. Like, how is he going to fix it? How's he going to fix whatever's going on? And it, 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 it's nothing for him to fix. It's like whatever emotionally or mentally is going on with me. And, right. um, and he is very supportive. I mean, we, I think we don't, um, we, we, anyone who suffers from any um, mental illness or anxiety, we, we do, um, we, we do negate the pressures that um, of the people around us, that the, the caretakers or anyone around us who loves us, we, we don't think enough about what they go through. And um, so I, I know that there's a lot on the people who love us that, you know, we don't think about that. And, and same with him. I mean, he has a lot of anxiety too, which he, everyone, he puts that out there. It's not like I'm saying that to any, anything that he hasn't put out there, but we, we need to all support each other and not um, put expectations of how they need to fix things for us. And sometimes our expectations of what our, what our person, whoever your person is in your life that is supposed to be doing something, we don't, we don't do well with communicating that. So sometimes we don't yeah. say the way we need to be supported. Like there's times where I've had to have a conversation. Like I tell my husband, I just need a hug. Like I just need a hug in this moment because that's what I need right now. And sometimes we don't say that we think that our mates all of a sudden graduated from, you know, mental, uh, mental telepathy. Like they're just supposed to know, like you get really comfortable in your relationship when you've been with someone for so long that you assume that your actions that you're doing is supposed to produce something in them to say, oh yeah, well, she needs me to go give her a hug. You can't get too comfortable in your, in your relationship, whether you're married or not to where you feel like that person is supposed to just automatically know. So I've gotten very comfortable in saying, you know what I need you to do? Can you just listen without giving me a response? Or can you just listen without trying to fix it? I just need you to listen. Or, you know, I really need to just go to like maybe sit in the Target parking lot because that's what I need right now. Like something like <laughs> as simple yeah. as that, because we have to communicate that to our partner. And we think that our partner's responsibility is to fix it. And they are trying to, they're, they got their own silent battles as well. I mean, they can be supportive, but they can't always fix it. And sometimes our, our mates are our, our person is like stumbling in that, that way when they're trying, they love you so much that they're trying to help you, but because you're not saying what you need, you're kind of handicapping them so that they can't, they can't give you what you need because you're not saying it. Right. Um, okay. So what, uh, what motivates you? I know mm. that's a broad, a broad, broad question, but what, what would you say is kind of a, a big motivator for you. If you need something uh, to really motivate you, if you need something, what what is it? Is it is there one specific thing, or do you look for something to motivate you? Um, it, it varies. There are times when a song will motivate me. Um, my I grew up singing in a choir, and um, my mother was the choir director, so you can just imagine <laughs> levels of shenanigans in my house, like. I had to learn them songs before the choir did. And I had to know, I know all the notes. So I could just like come in and like direct that choir if I had to. But um, sometimes I'll go back to those moments because those moments bring joy. Like they make me feel really excited about certain things. And so there's certain songs that I've remembered from singing of the choir that I'll go back and listen to. They'll motivate me um, depending on the mood. Um, sometimes there are certain books that I love to read, like certain authors like Michelle McKinney Hammond that just make me feel like, oh, I remember how I felt when I read that book. Or I'll look at a picture from vacation and I'll be like, yeah. remember how joyful you were when you were there? Like vacation joy can still continue after vacation. So I'll, I'll remember stuff like that. And um, 
Also, mm-hmm. just writing in my journal is one way that I'll motivate myself, like okay. getting out my thoughts of whatever it is I may go have going on and putting it on paper will say, OK, now that you've written it, you've acknowledged it. Now what are we going to do about it? And right. so that type of situation is some things that I do literally all the time to try to right. motivate myself, because we all again, we all have these bad days, these bad moments. I don't wake up bubbly and cheerful every single moment of the day. Um I don't always, you know, there's times when I'm like finding myself, I go, you're not smiling or you're not really happy. You know, that happiness versus joy conversation is something that I have with myself all the time. Like you can be happy about happy moments, but real joy is even when things are going left, you know, can you be grateful for the things that you have? And and can you really just, you know, have that that level of gratitude? Because I didn't always have that. I told you I was, I was, I was displeased about everything, you know, yeah. sun, anything. So um, one of the things that I actually started to do when I started going through therapy is that's how I knew about the national holidays. A lot of people don't know that story. Um, the reason why I started re- gravitating to knowing what national day was, was because there was something every single day that I could be happy about. So <sighs> in the beginning, when I was struggling with getting past that negative thoughts, oh, it's national coffee day. Well, you like coffee, go find a cup of coffee that you really like, or go to your favorite coffee shop. So that's how people will be like, well, how do you know that day? Oh, started from coming from this negative place and looking for that every single day there was something to be happy about. There's at least 10 items in a given day, literally 10 I, items a day. I, knew, I recognize that you always are aware of what national holiday it is. I'm always like, wow, how does she know that? And this I knew, I knew that. that you recognize them, but I had no idea. It came from me using that as a way to uh, find something to be grateful about or finding something to be happy about. That's actually where it started from. A lot of people don't even recognize that. I don't even know if I even said that before out loud. But for me, I would go through and see what the national holidays were. Okay, there's 10 items. Well, you can find one of these that you can celebrate in some type of small way. You know, you could go and put some confetti in the air about something that's going on. And so that's how it started. And so that's why I know what national holiday that it is per day because of that. God. You've all heard us rave about Sugar Wish. I don't think there's a day that passes where I'm not telling somebody about it. Sugar Wish is definitely one of those businesses where you ask yourself, why didn't I think of that? How many times have you wanted or needed to send a gift to someone and it was either one last minute or two, you didn't want to send just another gift that's going to lay around and take up space? Or you just didn't have any idea what to get the person. Sugar Wish allows you to send a sweet gift to someone and the recipient gets to choose their favorites. We've received Sugar Wish gifts and sent Sugar Wish gifts and they are always a hit. You cannot go wrong. It's super easy. You go to the website, sugarwish.com, choose the size of the gift you want to send, enter a personalized message and note tailored to the person you're sending it to. It arrives to that person or pup via email or text. The recipient then gets your message and then chooses what they want. They have so many options to choose from, Uh, candies, cookies, popcorn, snacks, tea, coffee, wine, yes, wine, (laughs) and Betty's fave, dog treats. Betty gets to choose from crunchy, chewy, jumbo, and training treats. It's perfect for your fur baby or the dog lover in your life. Use code BETTYWHITE, that's all caps, one word, BETTYWHITE, to save $7 off of your Sugar Wish gift. We also have the link in the show notes. Sugar Wish always saves the day. That is little things like that. There's literally little things like that that people don't realize. Some people gravitate towards because of whatever they got going on. No, it's it's like when people say you should start a gratitude practice and they say, even if you say, even if you can find one thing, if it's such a breathing or it's the sun, if you're struggling to even find that, Find your list. That's a great idea. People honestly will be like, oh, that sounds like somebody's just being extra fake. Let me explain something to you. There's nothing fake about how negative and how low I was. And then looking at the day and be like, oh, it's national uh, wear a smile on your face. And I'm like, I can smile today. But it literally was the reminder. That's all it was. These days, these national holidays, some of them are the most quirkiest things, things I have never in life heard of, right? (laughs) Things in life that I have never in life heard of like national barbie day i'm like 
there's a day for that, but there is a national Barbie day. And so I look at my kids and my daughter just got her little uh, dream house. And I'm like, you know, I'm living through her because I didn't have that as a kid. So like little things like that will remind me like how blessed that I am. Like, you know, you can look at it and be like, I never had a, oh my gosh, I never had a Barbie dream house. But then I'm like, but I was able to provide that for my child. So it's yeah. like little things that I personally use every day that says, Girl, you may think that you're out here like really at the lowest moment of moments, but you really are out here living. You're killing it. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go through our rapid fire questions for you. No. <laughs> and sometimes, these are, sometimes these are rapid fire. Sometimes they're not. Okay. Um, this, this is normally where Jerry likes to uh, feel like he's a, a late night talk show host, but I get to do it, I get to do it this time. Um, Jerry, we're sorry, but I'm sure the pillars. We'll come back and maybe do another episode yeah, with you. We'll we will. Back. We definitely will. Okay. So, and these are these are some. Well, there's a couple of these that we we think that there's are just good questions to ask to get to know everyone, but most of these are tailored towards you. Okay. Okay. So number one is coffee or wine. Oh, that's hard. Y'all tried it today. That's the first question off the bat. So y'all know, anybody that follows my page know that coffee and wine is doing a constant fight on my page. Uh -huh. I like them both. Ooh, this is not right. Okay, if I had to go with one, I'm going with wine. I'm going with wine. Okay. All right, coffee. Okay, and I'm going to see this is not rapid fire because I'm going to say this really quickly. And I know I told you this at Blogger, um, at the last one, is that um, on your podcast, which we're going to talk about in a second, on your podcast, there was one, um, and I know you've talked about it before, but there was one where you were actually pouring it and enjoying a glass of wine. And I was getting ready one morning. It was like seven o'clock in the morning listening to it. And I was like, hmm, like, I feel like, I feel like I need to go and pour a glass of wine right now. You're like, okay, I'm having a nice glass of, I don't know if it was Merlot or it was a glass of red. I know that. Mm -hmm. That's red, how yeah. memorable it was. That I felt like that morning at seven in the morning, I needed to go have a glass of wine. It was so memorable. Anyway, that's we, wine, we go together. It's just <laughs> it is what it is. We go together. Okay, number two, Steelers or Eagles? <clears throat> Ooh, I'm going with Eagles. I gotta I go with Eagles. Steelers, I'm very happy with that. If I said Steelers, I probably would be booted out the city right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Number three, eat in or dine out? Mm, dine out. Okay. I love changing my atmosphere and mm -hmm. sitting at a restaurant is nothing better. My house, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know because you know some self care people are like, I want I definitely want to have it in, but also self care is you want someone else to sort of you want to have the experience and then have someone so else. So I I meal prep in this house so that everybody can eat and I am over it and oh. um, so yeah anyone that's cooking for me and mm -hmm. I also like to down. Dine outside at Alfresco. I love I being in the natural light of being like the the elements on my skin. If I can eat outside, I'm I'm a happy girl. Okay, number four: sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. I'm a morning person. Okay, number five: reading a book or listening to music. Ooh, hmm, that's not right either. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm going to say reading a book. Okay. Number six, text message or phone call? Mm, I'm going to have to say text message. I love listening to people on the phone, but the three children that call me mom do not let me live. And I can't say earmuffs in my house enough when I'm having a conversation. So text it to me. Cause if it's something that I cannot openly talk about, I need you to text it. Okay. Oh, and, and wait till the and wait till eight o'clock where I can then call you. Okay. I might know the answer to this, but we'll see because we kind of talked about it. But um taking a nap or a workout. Oh gosh, give me my nap. <laughs> <laughs> I do love I do love working out. I'm an avid runner. I've run marathons, but I love a good nap. Okay, okay. All right. And then on the on the uh, topic of sleeping, uh, going to bed early or sleeping in? Let me sleep in. I. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. As much as I am a morning person, I love those few times when I can just wake up and it's like, is that is that new? Okay. <laughs> is that new? My kids let me sleep till noon. Is something OK? Is the house burning? Um, I start sniffing around like, is the house burning? 
what's going on? Um, <laughs> so yeah, sleeping in is a beautiful piece of life. That's that's everything. Okay. Uh, handwritten letter or email? I love a handwritten letter. Me too. I am still old school. So my friends know I will randomly send people a handwritten letter. Mm -hmm. And I know people say that snail mail is dead. You're going to get oh snail mail God. from me. I love, so I have a collection of different um, cards that are usually plain so that I can write people a handwritten letter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, this is the last one. And we think this is super important. Ketchup or mustard? <laughs> who, who, who? Jerry asked this question. Um, he's getting fired in the question department. Uh, I'm gonna say ketchup. Okay. Only time I'm on team mustard is for pretzels for the Philadelphia uh, pretzel. Outside of that, okay. Of that, ketchup all day. He did not ask this, but um, I'm just curious. He's a big Phillies fan. Do you do you like the Phillies? Okay. We He's go to the games as well. Game. Yes. I'm always so I love a good tailgate. Like I love to Yeah. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna go see you and, and we're gonna tailgate. That would be so much fun. Yeah, I'm always team tailgate. Okay, <laughs> the most important question that we feel like and we ask everyone is what does a life well lived mean to you? Mm. I think a life well lived to me is a life that I feel proud about. So it doesn't matter about what everybody else's opinion of me. If when I go my last breath and I feel like I've done well, like I, I've, I've done the things that have made me happy. I have tried my best to be a light to other people. And I have vacationed well and done all of those things that truly make me excited about life and happy. That is what I feel like is life lived well. It's not having the things. It's things are great. But if I can literally look down in myself and say, I've treated people as best as I could. And I've treated myself well. Like literally treated myself well. And how I talk to myself. How I treat myself. How I allow other people to treat me. That is life living well. Oh, that is so beautiful. <laughs> I'm just saying. That I is really bad. You know how I many people are worrying about gathering all this stuff that they know they ain't gonna be able to use just to uh, yes. having? Yes. Wow. That's that's not life to me. That's beautiful to have if you can if you have the funds and all those things to grab them, then do you if that makes you happy. But for me, I want to be able to say I treated myself well and I also commanded the same treatment for other people to treat me well too. Yeah. You you can't carry this stuff with you. And I'll tell you this too, not to not to bring it down, but when my grandmother passed away, she was a pack rat. She wasn't a hoarder, but she was just a pack rat. Like she just kept a bunch of stuff of like when we were kids and all this stuff. When she passed away, I think what was so hard is we were all so sad that she had passed away, but we all had to go to her house and pack it all up and figure out what to do with it. And we all felt all this guilt about, well, wh what are we going to do with this? And nobody wanted to get rid of anything. And well, you feel weird about getting rid of her stuff. And well, what do you do with it? And it's, it's too much pressure and guilt to put on the family. So yeah, we've had that, I've that. had that experience too. I've had to go to, you know, a house and having to pack that up. And um, yeah, I am, um, I'm, I'm not a minimalist at all, but I will say that I don't like clutter. And so I don't like to hide a whole lot of things. I mean, there are things that, of course, that mean things to people and mean yeah, things to yeah. me. Um, but in its place and time. And I think sometimes we just accumulate so much just for the sake of accumulation. And you're not going to be able to take any of that with you. Um, and again, I always think like my kids are not going to want like the things I think they're going to want. They do not want. They, they don't want my wedding dress. By the time they get married, they're gonna be in a space dress somewhere, getting married over some clouds. Like they're not gonna want my wedding dress. Like they're not gonna want my boots that I thought was so bomb. Like they don't care. Um, so yeah, that type of stuff. I try to just be like, no, we get rid of that. Yeah. Well, before we go, I, I definitely want you to tell our listeners where they can find you. But I definitely want to talk about really quick. You have your own podcast called mm -hmm. Conversations with Toy. Right. So, um, If you can talk about that really quickly and then tell our listeners where they can find you. All right. So Conversations with Toy. Sometimes there's guests and sometimes there's not. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about really mental health, self-care. We talk about the things that are happening in the world as it relates to those topics. 
And um, I enjoy like having a fresh conversation about some of the tools and things that people can use to become better mentally and emotionally. And um, so I enjoy that. And that's been going on for a little over a year. And uh, where you can find me, uh, Toy Time Blog. So listen, my mom was trying to be different. So she was really trying to be different. So a lot of people, when they see me, they be like, Latoya. And I'm like, no, there's no A. Um, it's spelled L-A-T-O-I is my real name, but I go by Toy, T-O-I. And so when I made the blog, I wanted to be my time. So I called it Toy Time Blog. So it's T-O-I-T-I-M-E-B-L-O-G. And that's how you can find me everywhere on social media. I got a Pinterest, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, all of the things, Snapchat. I'm on all of those things, wherever those, wherever the peoples are. That's why I say these internet streets, I'm on them. Uh, <laughs> you it's can come find me. I mean, I, I, when I first met you, I definitely remembered how to find you because of Toy Time Blog. Like I just, I, I never forget it. It's very, yeah. I'm like, and so when people, so I actually had to change my name on Instagram as toy of toy time blog, because you know how many people would never call me toy. They would just say, Hey, toy time blog. When I would go play <laughs> and they would say, Hey, toy time blog. And I, I will answer to it. If you call me either one, it doesn't make a difference. I got people who've known me for years that say toy time blog. Now it doesn't bother me. But so I had put it as toy of toy time blog, just so people would know that I actually, my name, people call me toy. That is, yeah. that is what people call me. Yeah. Well, we, we will link all that in the show notes. Um, how do you get to all that? And of course your podcast and we are so thankful for your time today. We know it's so valuable. So we are so appreciative and all of the knowledge you just dropped on us and that whole therapy session. I felt like it was therapy. It was very <laughs> valuable to me. So I know it was valuable to everyone else. So thank well, you that's, so much. That's always my goal. If I'm going to say something, let it be something that's valuable to somebody <laughs> or at least make them laugh. Cause they probably be like, this girl is crazy. They, no. they that, but that's fine too. I'm, I'm okay with that as well. Well, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me. Toy is so great, right? Oh yeah, she is. I love her. Um, she is, she is as nice in person as she is, you know, on her blog, on social media. If you follow her, she is, you know, <laughs> that word, you know, the authentic, but she, I mean, she is who she is, uh, 100%. Her story is a great one, like all of our guests, but with Toy, I feel like um, the day that we did the interview, it, you know what? I, I mentioned it in there that it felt like I was having my own therapy session. <laughs> I hope that she got as much out of it as I did. But, you know, I um, I said I was, I was on my own adventure. Actually, um, my mom is in the process of moving. So I went to, it was sort of, she's sort of moved further away from me. So it's I, sort of, I didn't tell you, I didn't interrupt, but the, her bill did arrive in the mail today. My mom's? <laughs> <laughs> no, toys for your, oh. for your therapy session. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't want to show it to you. It's Okay, Toy, you'll, uh, I'll have to put on a, put me on a payment plan. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, 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 I just, you know, it was a lot, it was a, I had just gotten over, um, kind of a long drive, but the, the la the second day after, but it was just one of those weeks and, um, just kind of a, I don't know. I, it was just a culmination of a lot of things. And, um, but I was really looking forward to her podcast. And I just said to Jerry that morning, I was like, I am so glad that I get to talk to Toy because when I knew that it was going to be just like having this conversation with a friend because she is so positive. And like I said to her, where does it come from? And um, I don't know. It, it, it I really, really enjoyed this episode. I needed it. I hope that it was very beneficial to you all listening because she is amazing. She's just amazing. I felt, I felt that way too. I felt immediately comfortable with her, you know, mm -hmm. um, not having the background Shannon did with her. I, it's, uh, I just really warmed up right away and I enjoyed everything she said. Yeah. You know, I, um, we apparently were both in, um, you know, when we went to LA to the blog, her conference, she was there and I didn't, I didn't know her at the time, mm -hmm. 
Um, and then sort of virtually met her, of course, and we've known each other through blog her virtually and then through COVID. And then the first time I met her face to face was in Brooklyn, this past blog her conference that came back face to face. And it felt like I'd known her the whole time. It felt like I'd known her for years. I could see that with her. Yeah. 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 She, she's just amazing. And, um, I mean, you all heard, and it's true in the beginning when I said, she really does. Like I will just sort of be having sort of a kind of a rough week and I'll, I'll, you know, get on Instagram and there'll be a DM from her just like with this motivating post or something. And I'm just like, how did you know that I needed that? It's, it's just the craziest thing. So she, I highly encourage you to follow her. I love that she, you know, she talked about how people, um, and look, we do it too. Okay. We use the filters. We use the, the pretty, we have, we have our filter that we call Miami. We call the Miami filter <laughs> that, uh, that we, we sort of have this look on our pictures and, and she, she called them the, um, the light and airy photos that, that a lot of people use and that she, she just doesn't do it. And I think that is what truly makes her so relatable. It makes her actually authentic. And so when you go to her page, you're like, yep, this is toy. This is toy. And this is what's going on. And she just makes you feel um, like you're her friend. And, and I'm not just saying that about me. I mean, anyone that goes to her page, it's like you um, or your, her feed, her blog, her feed, anything, her, her podcast, Conversations with Toy. It's as if you you really know who she is. It's great. Well, yeah, I thought it was really nice of her to, to uh, include me in on the conversation, even though I wasn't there for the interview. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's because you're a, uh, you used to be a Philly John. Philly John? Philly John. Philly John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so she thought she would just bring me on into the room. She Somehow, sure did. That was pretty nice. <laughs> she sure did. And we're going to go to a Phillies game with her and her husband. Yeah. 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 So if you want to find out more about Toy, of course, we're going to have all the links that you need in the show notes. And if you want any information about today's episode, of course, you can find them there. And you can always find information about us at arneradventures.com or on Instagram at arneradventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye.